Well, summer turn is almost here. Now that many of the students have left for the summer, you are probably doing quarterly inspections and realizing you needed to order more replacement furniture. So what do you do now? The furniture you did order, it's currently being loaded on containers in Asia. Well, Appalachian University Systems has you covered. AUS has been supplying universities and off-campus housing with great furniture for almost 30 years. They know the unexpected happens, and they keep inventory in their Birmingham, Alabama facility for many of the basic pieces that you use for your furnished apartments, like mattresses and beds and other case goods. Look them up at theausway.com. Again, that's www.theausway.com. And if you are a developer planning out your next student housing project, AUS is set up with in-house designers that can work with you and your architect to make sure the design concepts are extended to the feel and look of the furniture as well. Again, check them out at theausway.com. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and today I've got Greta Dare as my co-host. Hello. Yeah. And you're a little bit more of a, of a guest today in a lot of ways, because I've got a lot of questions for you. Oh, exciting stuff. <laughs> so when you got started in student housing, did you ever think you'd have to tackle a subject like transportation? I mean, when I got started in student housing, I had no idea how in-depth it was anyway. So, (laughs) no, I definitely didn't, but I definitely never became surprised when it became a subject, that's for sure. So, I've I've got an interview with, that we'll get into in just a minute, with the CEO of Transpar, um, which recently just took on, um, uh, this past year, took on the transportation services for all the communities uh, that Scion, you know, currently have, you know, that they provide shuttle service, bus service for between their properties and campus. And, you know, I know there's other operate there's other operators out there that use, you know, typically local services or regional services. Uh, and some just end up having to, to do it themselves um, if they're not on a, you know, on a bus line for a public transit system or a university transit system. And I thought that was really, you know, that was really great. Transpar has been involved with, you know, the yellow school bus um, system and, and kind of being a, a an outsource provider for uh, for that for a lot of school systems. So seems like it was a really good fit and had a great discussion with them but you know and and let me kind of explain to you because i know a lot of our audience you know are in smaller markets that or they may just be in a at a property that they've never had to worry about transportation to the to the campuses um but if you look at the maturation of, of student housing you know, it started close to, you know, the college campus. And then as universities got bigger or a specific university would get bigger, the land opportunities were, you had to go further for them, you know, for a developer to, to go out and find something. It was obviously going to typically going to be cheaper land when you start getting, you know, a mile to two miles outside of outside of the core campus. And the first approach to that was uh, of how to get the students to campus was, okay, let's find a piece of land that's, you know, uh, beside of a public transit system stop. 
and that made it a little bit more valuable or appeasable. And then there were folks that, that found land opportunities that weren't on that, or maybe there was not a, an option for a public transit system. And they ended up having to, they weren't going to be able to put heads in beds, as we like to say, if there wasn't some safe, reliable, economical transportation system put in place. And so a lot of these operators ended up having to do that themselves. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, some have been successful in outsourcing that to local or regional groups, uh, private groups. Uh, I've been a part of that and had a really great relationship with that. But for the most part, especially when you're looking at a national portfolio, this that Scion did with Transpar was is the first that that's ever happened. I think that is probably going to be more of a trend as we see some of these companies get bigger and bigger and have a bigger footprint. But what I wanted to talk with you about before we get into that interview was really the, you know, a bus system. And I talk a little bit, a little bit about this with, with Doug from Transpar. It's another amenity. And just Absolutely. like, just like all the other amenities, be it your swimming pool, your rec center, your, your workout facility, your brand has got to extend through that. And so I thought, you know, hey, it's a, you are the branding, marketing, leasing queen. So I wanted to make sure that wow, um, well, no, I mean, you, you've got, you know, you've got some serious uh, thoughts on this. I wanted to make sure that, you know, we, we had that discussion with our audience. So um, what say you, Greta, about the transportation systems of student housing facilities? Man, I have serious thoughts on so many things, don't I? (laughs) I do, though. I do, as a huge surprise to everyone, uh, have big, strong thoughts on this. And, you know, I think it's because... Go ahead. I was was just going to say we can kind of break it down, but if you want to just jump into it, go ahead. Well, it's, it's really... And it will, you know, it'll be broken down, but it really comes down to... I think that we have a tendency to forget that it isn't just a bus. It isn't just a shuttle or a van. It's just like you said, it is another amenity, but we still don't hold that amenity to the same standards or not always uh, hold that amenity to the same standards that we hold every other amenity to, as well as the people who are within that amenity. So to kind of take that first and foremost, you can talk about your clubhouse and start with, you know, the people that you're going to have in your clubhouse. And do we take the same mentality for finding people in the clubhouse as we do for finding a driver? Now, obviously, we're not going to look for the you know same level of qualifications, but that's not the point. When we're looking for CAs, for instance, we're looking for personalities, we're looking for customer service, and then we're offering a certain level of training to ensure, again, that our brand is met through the experience through customer interaction. Um, and I would say, you know, that that's that hiring process is where it starts. Do you agree? Yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely an experience. And so there, there's that human element, and then there's also you know then there's the physical you know asset element of it and you know let's since you started with talking about hiring let's let's get into that human element you know i I found this this particular position the the bus driver to be one of those things that yes if that person's not let's completely ignore training in regards to driving the bus you know that's what their cdl license is for and yeah 
yeah when we're talking about training for this episode we're not talking about that at all that part of it what we're talking about is specifically uh customer service training and um you know i've hired some uh, some bus drivers that were great at it and it just you know they were they were a people person you know the the high you know type i that we talk about on the on the disc assessment and and they've always worked out really really great compared to those who who saw it just kind of as a nine to five show up i don't really have to talk to anybody i can put my headphones in and you know wear whatever i want to wear and i'm just telling you that doesn't work so i know you probably got some more (laughs) some more input on that as well Absolutely. It's, you know, it really comes down to, you need it. Like I said, you need to have that same mentality of, would you hire this person to be a CA? Or even if you wouldn't, would they, are they transferable in any way whatsoever? How is this person going to interact with your residents? And I feel like we don't think about that. You know, we, we need to ensure that obviously that there is a uniform in place so that, you know, any level of dress code isn't a major concern. Um, but then additionally, we need to make sure that they are a person who can smile and greet and greet in the same manner that we expect our on-site team to greet people. And again, I feel like there's a disconnect there. It isn't something that we have a general expectation for. You know, we go through training and we expect people to stand up to greet the prospects and come around the desk and, you know, say this when they actually answer the phone. But are we translating that to those same expectations, skill set, trainable, whatever, to the people who are driving our students around all day? Even if those kids are on their headphones the whole time, you know, and may not interact with them, do they have that same capability and then are we following that up with training and expectations so you know if i have a you know if i have some type of a training manual for my leasing folks and is it is it as simple as just taking just taking you know what i've already got in my training program or my lms is it as simple as as turning that over to the to the bus drivers and having them uh, basically use that same training as well no, no. I think that there's a couple of things that, you know, that we would you would want them to be focusing on. Obviously, the greeting would be consistent. There would only be pieces that would be transferable position by position. So really, it would almost be. I feel like it should be a separate section. I feel like you should have a separate section for your office team, your maintenance team, as well as your driving team. And I feel like while there are strong similarities and basic expectations as far as greetings, interactions, expectations are concerned for that, I think that each one slightly needs to be catered based off of the way that they are going to be interacting with the resident. So for the driver, it would be more obviously the way that they greet the prospect. And, you know, some potentially, honestly, and I don't know how anybody's going to feel about this, but a level of sensitivity training for recognizing some, when something's wrong. You know, we deal with that all the time in student housing where we sense something about one of our residents. We feel like maybe they need something, things along those lines. And I don't know if we're incorporating our drivers into that level of training as well. And they're going to be interacting with these people more often than anybody else on site. So if anybody's going to catch something sooner, somebody who's aloof or somebody who's despondent or, you know, any of those things, it's going to be your bus driver if they're riding that bus on a regular basis and so it's it's multifaceted yeah and and i agree it's got to be something separate 
uh, you know, you can use elements, uh, as you suggested, uh, certainly from, from what you're training your leasing folks on, especially with how they interact with residents, as well as with the, with the maintenance team and, and create something. But I think it also says, you know, employees tend to, to or I shouldn't say employees, your team tends to, to give back as much as you put into them. And to and to take something that's just, hey, we don't really have anything for bus drivers. Here's what the maintenance guys use. You know, I think it's it's setting a tone right off the bat that, you know, they're not appreciated that, you know, this position is just a you know necessary evil kind of thing. And. Um, I think yeah, that's how it, a lot of people treat it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you know, it, I, I just don't think you can. <laughs> I, I've seen people, you know, I've seen the question I've asked you, that's exactly what I've seen some people do. And I, again, you, you can take elements of it, but you can't just, you, you got to create something for them. They are something specific um, for your property and therefore they they deserve to have specific training so anyway again with that with that human element so we've gotten past you know the the hiring process we've gotten to the training process before we move on from training is there anything else there that you wanted to add no i mean that's i think that that really covers it i think the main point is to just think about it the same way and that's you know that's going to be different depending on the company And, you know, so I think that that's really up to the company, but to ensure that those expectations are, you know, straight across the board the same. So, you know, I think that the specifics can be broken down by the organization that's leading it. So let's talk about compensation really quick, because I bet you didn't realize compensation is probably a part of branding as well, right? (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, I think I, I mean, look, you and I have conversations all the time about companies, you know, within this industry and, you know, how well they do or don't pay. Right. Because and, all of us actually, unfortunately, know how every single company pays. Let's just throw that yeah, out there and, and, and stop hey, pretending that, like we all. Yeah. Don't. And there are a couple of really good companies that we all say how wow, they're really good. They're they're hitting it. And. You know, one of the first thing that comes back is, yeah, but they don't pay very well. So you're exchanging. Yeah, you're exchanging a lower pay for for, you know, better, um, a better environment, a better culture, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, you know, because of that, that that's part of, you know, I, I feel like very strongly. And I think you'll agree with that, that, you know, compensation is part of your brand. And when you're looking at especially markets, you know, I'm thinking like Tallahassee. Um, Tallahassee is not a good one. They've got a pretty good transit system from what I remember. Morgantown, West Virginia. You and I both have experience with oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> with that market, right? <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, but, but you get to a market where you've got, you know, a limited number, because it's a college town, you've got a limited number number of CDL drivers to begin with, right? And then, you know, they're, they're all that same workforce is, is they know everybody in that area. And, and if someone leaves because, you know, they're retiring and moving on and they know that that pro- the drivers in that kind of in that community understand that, hey, that property you know pays very well. There's going to be a line at the door, you know, ready for, <laughs> of CDL drivers ready to to make that move. So I think, you know, that's something else that 
be it the, the compensation as well as just kind of the total package with culture and everything, you really got to think about how that plays into, first of all, their, the driver's happiness, their quality of life. And, uh, you know, is it something that they're going to run away from the first first chance that they get? Because if they do, there's probably not a lot of other the job itself is probably not something that um, or, or the property or the company is probably not something they really want to be a part of anyway. You know, honestly, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because it is something that it's something that Eli and I used to talk about a lot, honestly. And it was it was, you know, in regards to the shuttle drivers and it was in regards to maintenance guys. And it was how not the company that we were at together, but how a lot of companies have a tendency to kind of downplay the role of these positions and not recognize their importance and therefore not compensating them to to kind of match that level of performance that they provide. You know, we're talking about their ability to find renewals and make a positive impact and really bring something. But if they feel like they're the second class citizens of your property, then that's what they're going to deliver on you. And they're also going to call in sick more often. They're going to be more willing to work extra hours and then leave you for another job, which as we all know, the shuttle service itself can lead to so many negative reviews. I've seen it happen. And so you can't treat these other positions like they are of any less importance because they directly impact your residents, which directly impacts your business. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, is there anything else on that human element that you want to talk about? Before no, we go to the, okay. no. So let's talk about the physical asset, you know, the, the bus or the buses, uh, you know, and, and from time to time, it may include shuttles because you've got to bust down and you've got to rent something. And we get into that a little bit with the with the interview with with Transpar. But I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to say it. The, <laughs> the, the 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 main thing is the main thing. And I don't care how you know, many USB ports your shuttles got, you know, if it's got streaming video screens on the back of the seats. If it's not clean, people are going to talk about it. Oh, man. (laughs) It's... It seriously it kills me. It's again, it goes back to, you know, what I said at the beginning of this is an extension of what you said at the beginning, that this is an extension. This is an extension of your brand. This is an extension of your experience. Let's say that again. This is an extension of your experience. So if this amenity, if this is the one amenity where we don't have those expectations, where we are not consistently keeping it clean to the same degree that we are our clubhouse, this is assuming that, you know, obviously there are very high standards for your clubhouse as there should be. Um, But all of those exact same expectations should extend to your bus inside and out. It should be cleaned on a daily basis. It should be picked up. It should should never be trashed in any way whatsoever. It just, it it kills me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beyond that, uh, you know, obviously it's got to be working well. It's got to be properly maintained. You know, I don't know how many times I've had to deal with properties that are, well, we don't have bus service today. You know, we get some negative tweet or, or mention on a review. Why aren't we getting leases? Well, because your transportation is completely unreliable because you don't maintain your shuttle. Yeah. And well, and it's one of these things, you know, I'm not I'm not to say that there's not uh, extenuating circumstances, but. Oh, for sure. 
I, I'm just surprised at how many people are like, well, you know, we blew a tire because it needed to be changed. I, what? Why is that not part of a checklist? <laughs> like, you right? should be checking that at least once a week, I would imagine. You know, if it's a, um, you know, something, you know, just normal oil change and filter changes, you know, those things should be on a schedule. I'm, I'm amazed at how many people don't have that. And it's, it's amazing to me how many companies actually have that as part of their protocol. And then, you know, there are general managers that, you know, because a regional didn't, uh, you know, wasn't checking up on it, you know, it never happened. So, and I would even state for those of you that are, that are are contracting the service out they need to provide you with these type of records too just saying that a company is responsible for having a replacement shuttle if it goes down well you <laughs> having a phone having a phone conversation with somebody of you know why the the replacement shuttle isn't isn't there and it's their responsibility uh, that's one one phone call too many. You know, be proactive about it and make sure that you're following up with that vendor and know that if the shuttle that's typically assigned to your property, um, how well it's being maintained. So anyway, but but yeah, that just blows my mind of not keeping up with maintenance schedules. And all of a sudden it's like some big shock to people. Well, and on the flip side of that, or the same side of the coin, is the part that I don't think anybody thinks about. You know, when it comes down to the the checklist and whether or not it's being done, yes, it is a huge inconvenience, and it will be a strike against you when you are trying to lease up if you are not properly maintaining this vehicle. But from the opposite end of the spectrum, the side that says you are taking a moving motor vehicle and you are placing students who are 19 to 25 years old, and they're putting their lives inside of this. So if you blow a tire that should have been replaced and you suddenly go off of the side of the road because of that, you've now been irresponsible with human lives and I hate to like take it to this whole kind of dark place but I feel like there's we have a tendency to brush certain things off and this is important you know if we were if we're talking about an airplane and I understand that that goes you know above 10,000 feet in the air and you know you're talking about 100 people or you know whatever the case may be but we're still doesn't matter if it's five or a hundred if it's 10,000 feet in the air or if it's on the road you need to be properly maintaining a vehicle that is going to be carrying human lives from one point to another because you don't ever want to have the responsibility of having to tell those parents in the school your apologies for having something bad happen because the maintenance wasn't done on this vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and go back. Let me just go back to cleaning one more time. For those of you that are... That <laughs> Let's are, switch subjects. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> For for those of you that are utilizing, you know, either a, a university specific transit system or a public um, transit system, chances are you either lucked up and you you know you were able to get directly on a you know at a bus stop. Um, and you didn't have to pay anything for that. Others, I know that there is usually some type of incentive fee or uh, somehow you're supplementing what, because these big, especially the public transit authorities, they're being compensated through ridership from the federal government in most situations and the state governments um, and, and providing that service. So that's one reason when you work with the public transit authority, they want to put as many bus stops as they possibly can on your property. Um, because that increases ridership where if, 
you know, typically if it's a private service, they just want one spot where they can park and wait till, you know, everybody gets on the bus. Uh, anyway, where was I going with all that? Oh, so, so even the public transit authority, you, you need to just like, you know, we shop properties. You need to be shopping that service as well. You know, get on the bus and, and ride those routes and not only to make sure that the bus is clean, but also that the, the drivers are, you know, being responsible because um, I see a lot of a lot of situations where that's not the case and it ends up even though most students end up identifying it as a third party vendor there's always going to be some association with you know with your property if it stops on, at your property absolutely um, so anyway moving since this is a you know marketing <laughs> <laughs> part of transportation that we're that we're uh, hitting on here uh, let's talk about the rest of the rest of the physical asset How, outside of being clean and, and neat and orderly and well maintained both on the exterior uh, under the hood but also the seats I mean, <laughs> I've, I've jumped in some of these uh, some of these buses that uh, you know are that <laughs> they're running great. Uh, you know the the climate control is is on top of you know it's it's in check, and then you know there's springs falling out of seats, <laughs> those kind of things. Make sure that um, you know if something needs to be upholstered, that that's part of the maintenance plan as well. Um, yeah, man, if you're going to do it, just do it right every time or just look at it every single time you don't. You're costing yourself leases every single time. Yeah. So now let's talk about the exterior because it is it's not just something that your residents identify. Oh, there's my bus. I need to go get on it. But it's also a mobile billboard. So this is you know one of the biggest things I kind of wanted to get your input on is what works what doesn't work you know when we look at these wraps uh, you know that's typically two three thousand dollars five thousand dollars in some situations of cost up front that's and on a at least every two years that's having to go into into these buses um you're the design queen <laughs> i am the what? queen of everything but i am the queen of the world what uh what looks good what what doesn't look good Oh, man. So here's the thing. <laughs> I It's really got to be treated in the same way that you would a billboard. And that's not to say everybody does the billboard right. And I'm sorry, but I feel like that's true. You know, I think that everybody has done this thing where if it's a billboard, if it is a mobile billboard, or if it is their shuttle wrap, here's what we see. We see colors that associate to the property, and then we see a lot of stock. We see stock kids jumping into a pool, and we see a stock dog or stock cat to remind people that we're pet friendly, and stock kids studying, and a logo. And that's that's fine. That's great. It looks good. It's clean. It, you know, that's fine. But the thing is, is that all that's going to do is make you identifiable to your residents. It isn't actually selling anything. That's the equivalent of walking around with the front cover of your brochure, just the front cover, and handing it out to people and then expecting to get something from it. That's what that kind of feels like to people. And if you think about it, this isn't the stuff that catches your attention. You have to remember that we're talking about a generation that grew up with internet. We talk about their studies all these times about how, you know, 
know, this generation and the next one that we're dealing with, that you have to, you have to do something different with your advertising because everybody's sick of everything that's been done. So it needs to be interesting. It needs to be quick. It needs to be witty. It needs to be different and it needs to stand out. And you can't stand out if it's just the colors, some stock photos and your brand. That's, it's not enough. If you want to capture the attention of prospects and or parents, then do something different. Do something lighthearted. Do something funny. You know, do something and consider it to be as valuable as that huge billboard space. And remember, it's actually less expensive, in my experience at least, of most billboards, but it's going to get more viewership than that billboard that you're paying for on the corner. So do it right and get creative with it. Make it interesting and worth looking at and investigating and i swear if i find another bus that's got uh, you know a graphic of a pool party Uh. on the side of it i (laughs) because it's it's always a pool i mean and i get it it's like the most sold amenity it really is like you know i've incorporated that into all of it (laughs) but the thing is is that it's now we're talking about again something that we've seen all over the place do something else do something interesting be creative. Well, and I think, you know, you and Challenge I Challenge your team. Yeah, I mean, you and I talk, and this is a question I had for you, and I know this is completely on the spot, um, but, uh, you know, Bring it. you and I have, have talked a lot about, hey, the, tell the story, you know, what's the, figure out what the story is of your of your property and tell it. Um, and that, that, that goes a long way. And because people identify with, with stories, right. And mm-hmm. they, they see themselves as one of those characters and, and how they fit into it. And, you know, that's really come the kind of the most effective way of marketing. And, and for those of you who are not familiar with Wes's obsession. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get picked on here by Greta, but I am a Donald Miller fan to the nth degree. I'm completely obsessed. And if you don't know Donald Miller, girl. Yeah. If you don't know Donald Miller, he is a um, (laughs) uh, he's an author, but he also he's done a lot of nonfiction books and that kind of stuff. But um, he he also helps entrepreneurs and businesses clarify their message. And a lot of that is through story. And so there's two things with that. You know, when he talks about the website, he talks about doing a grunt test. And I think it's the same thing, certainly with billboards. And it's the same thing with, you know, with buses. Um, you've got to, you've got to, to do the caveman grunt test. And if you look at the graphic for your next bus wrap and you're not looking at it like a caveman and trying to figure out in the first two seconds, you know, what it is, then you fell it. And I think, I think, I think we try to put a lot of stuff into these bus wraps that no one has ever seen. You know, for the most part, they're looking for a logo. Um, I don't. But anyway, getting back to the question, I was going to ask you: <laughs> Do you think there's a way to tell a story on a mobile billboard? I absolutely do. I think that, you know, one of the things that I was sitting here thinking about, um, I was thinking about a company in particular and how I think I feel like a part of their culture is is about having fun and, you know, laughing and just having a really good time. And I feel like that extends to their properties. You know, there's a certain amount of 
just carefree amusement, right? I actually feel like that sums it up really, really well. And you can tell that story of carefree amusement in just a couple of ways. You know, if it's figure out how to incorporate a meme or, you know, something along those lines. And it tells that it immediately gives you that impression where you look at it, you read it and you go, this company has a sense of humor. They're fun. They're interesting. And I feel like they get something. And that's really like, that's a story that you just told through just the imagery on there. So if you're thinking about your culture and what it is that you're actually attempting or your experience and what it is that you're actually attempting to sell to your residents and what it is you're attempting to achieve at your properties, then how does your advertising, and in this case, the wrap of your bus, how are you telling that story through those visual images? And are you even accomplishing it? Yeah, I think of, uh, you know, you, you pick on me sometimes about, you know, most of my marketing coming from, uh, what's the name of that movie with Mel Gibson in it? Uh, what Every Woman Wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the you know, the, 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 the just do it, you know, Nike slogan. Those three words and that swoosh, I think, tell more of a story um because it's you know it's telling your there's always these conflicts that we tend to have with ourselves and knowing that a company is just telling us to to do it and we're gonna you know we're rooting your rooting you on and we're going to you know provide you with specifically if it's with you know fitness goals we're going to supply you with the things that you need and I, you know, I think I think it's that kind of story that needs to be portrayed on these buses and with these mobile billboards. And I'm I'm specifically getting into mobile billboards now, because um, <laughs> we've used those quite a lot uh, recently as well. And and I think every every market that is looking at every tier one. I market do love right me now, some mobile billboards. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, it's. I, believe it or not, I find it incredibly effective. I don't think I don't think you're going to see an immediate ROI from it, but it's just part of that brand trickle, and yeah, uh, you know, that eventually you remember. Um, anyway, I think um, any other ideas on on telling a story with well. I think that, well, one of the things I was going to say is that, so again, for the companies that, you know, if you do pay for a stationary mobile or a stationary uh, billboard location, think about how much that's costing you if you also have a shuttle service. And if you could take a portion of that money and actually wrap your bus maybe twice for once for the fall semester, once for the spring semester. Why is that not something that we're taking into consideration and instead treating it like an actual advertising source and looking at it and saying, how does this actually speak to the students? Because you can save a lot. Again, stationary billboards are extremely expensive. I mean, I've, we've spent upwards of $60,000 on them before versus, you know, wrapping, rewrapping a bus a couple of times. And in that instance, it says something to your residents. It says you have the ability to do that. That's not something that everybody else is doing. So that tells them that you have, you know, you're not a broke company, which is a good message for your residents to receive. You know, it, it catches the eye again of the the, pros, the prospective students that are actually out there. And so I would say to take that into consideration. So change that story up per semester or however often you want to, obviously making sure that your students still know how to find your bus. So doing it in that particular manner. But keep that message going and keep it interesting. 
I don't know, I'm not going to give like an actual ad campaign. I feel like that's that's like working for oh, no, free. That's that's what that's what <laughs> you get paid for. So, um, yeah. But uh, but I'm I'm all about giving away free advice and and good advice of that. But anyway, so yeah, just a couple more kind of tips before, or, or maybe they're just really my thoughts on buses. And this doesn't really have anything to do with marketing or, or branding. Um, that's all right. But, I'm still here. I'll still listen. You know, just uh, just a couple other things, uh, not really related to, to marketing and, and branding with with your bus, but just some other tips or, or just my opinions on operating a bus service. Um, and we'll get into this a little bit with uh, with, with Doug in, in my interview with him. It's and it's on the subject of, of drunk buses. And and I guess this does have a little bit to do with marketing. Throughout a leasing season, you will probably find opportunities to use your bus for things like trips to to the ball games, uh, to football games, or you know doing a late night pickup at a basketball arena, or um, or the you know college night drop off and pickup that goes till three a.m. Uh, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else for doing that. But in in talking with Transpar and the uh, and a lot that's not in this interview there is just the liability for the properties that are out there are just way too great for me to say yeah from a you know to get our name out we should go out and you know offer the service because nobody else in the market's offering this and we might be able to get so first of all when they're that drunk <laughs> it's it's not going to be helpful marketing in the first place. <laughs> in fact, if anything, it may end up it may end up keeping kids from <laughs> maybe there was a bad memory um, and they don't want to they don't want to ever get back on that bus again because of it. But there's just there's too much risks there risk there, and I would strongly strongly suggest that if you're currently providing that that you sit down with you know, with the powers that be within your company and make sure you guys are having a serious discussion about it, because I think that is something that could really come back to, you know, bite you in the ass. Um, outside of that, also there's this thing of, um, taking advantage of someone else's bus, not working and picking up other people, um, (laughs) residents of other properties. Uh, Again, I completely guilty of it. I get that. Um, but typically, you also have in your lease agreement, You tip, if you've got a bus service, you should definitely have a paragraph or an addendum that, you know, waves, that's a, that's a waiver um, for using that service. Make sure that you're, you're getting that. But then remember, these guests that a bus driver, you know, and I've, you know, I've been on the bus when it happens, you know, Sally gets on the bus and says, Hey, my friend, Mary lives at the property next door. Their bus isn't here. Can, do you mind taking them home? And, you know, I, there, there's <laughs> the, the goodness of, of, you know, just being a human being. And then also the, you know, the potential impact that that could end up having on their housing decision. Yeah, I would love to do it. But again, to be the party pooper, I, I, I've got to say, after talking with these guys in relationship to you know liability issues, you've got to find you got to cover yourself on that. You know, maybe it's as easy as putting a you know a sign on the door or something, but um, make sure that you and your legal team are are happy with 
uh, in doing that uh, before you do it or as you continue doing it. So anyway, those were just a couple of my, I don't even want to say my takeaways from that, from that interview, but just some things that have been on my mind in regards to transportation that I wanted to get out there. You know what, though? You did forget one last thing that I'm bringing up right now, and it's those stupid QR codes. I don't know who's using them in any advertising anymore. Uh, You know, they're great uh, on my mobile app for Delta and American. Um, They're great for, you know, an inspection process to say, hey, I looked at this piece of furniture or that appliance. But if you're using it on any of your marketing material for your residents to get additional information, especially the bus that's going by 35 miles per hour, please, for the love of God, stop. Just let this die. It has a utilitarian (laughs) purpose. Let let them let it serve that purpose. And it's it's not creative. Nobody is wanting to do it. I'm very sorry for anyone. I may have just pissed off, Um, but I promise you just stop it just let it just stop it just let it die well, it doesn't work you you know if it's on the back of the bus then you know someone that's driving behind is what do you want them focused on taking a snap of a qr code come on well and are you, you trying to better, guarantee that anybody's even able to do that like who has that technology on their phone what to scan a qr code yeah doesn't that like require Everybody. an app it requires an app doesn't it I, I I just pull up Google and click on the browser. See, I, I'm just letting you know, I'm a millennial. I don't even know how to read one of those. I just don't. <laughs> well, it's just because it, I mean, it's, it's uh, anyway. Get yeah, we're just going to cut that out. Get rid of the QR codes. I can, as long as you write your email, excuse me, write your, your web address so that I can, so that I can actually read it. Not having, you know, University Edge at whatever, whatever university, all lowercase, all, you know, written out so that you can actually, you know, at least capitalize the and edge. And as far as the, I can't even explain this over the microphone. We are going off on a wild tangent. I now regret it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just going to cut that whole part out. Yeah, let's just say it. <laughs> Suck it. That is, we're not keeping that. All right. So let's go ahead and hit hit play on this. I think there's a lot of folks that will take a lot away from it. And I think that there's, um, you know, obviously Transpar is wanting to extend into the student housing business beyond Scion. Um, I think it's, a, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. To, to outsource this for a lot of different reasons, but the way they're approaching it is different than, you know, what you've seen from, from other groups that um, you can outsource this to. So, so yeah, give a, give them a call. Anyway, I'm going to hit play. Okay, guys. So obviously this is not the interview with Doug Martin from Transpar because the marketing branding part of this subject ended up being so long we decided to do this in two separate episodes so not sure what the episode number is for this one that you're listening to but just skip forward to the next one and there we will have everything for you in regards to the interview with transpar thanks guys (laughs) 